Wow, you are in for an incredible story, helping you overcome one of the biggest fears that you will have as a real estate investor. Pay attention to this upcoming episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott, episode 161, 161. So hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. I'm I'm on fire here today. I'm I'm am just running about 2,000 miles an hour and uh, got my second cup of coffee and I thought I'd sit down here and do a little uh, intro and outro and, um, you know, get a little recording done here. So have a wonderful upcoming podcast episode here for you. And, and this time I'm actually going to keep the intro tight to this one because this is a this is a cool story. Uh, bottom line, um, I'm going to introduce you to Seth Ferguson here shortly. And if you haven't don't know who Seth is, Seth is a wonderful investor out of Ontario. I didn't know a lot about Seth's backstory. Um, he and I did a podcast episode out in his office. Um, geez, it would have been probably either it was either 20, 2018 or twenty nineteen. Honest to goodness, the last four or five years, have they not just been a blur? Like, where have they seriously gone? But anyways, um, had an opportunity of doing a podcast episode with Seth a couple years ago in his office. It was fantastic. We connected. We've been keeping in touch um, over the years. Um, but Seth is putting on a, a huge event out in Ontario. And I think as of the recording of this, I think there was over 3,000 people registered for it already. And uh, you know what? When somebody's putting on a big, large event like that, you know, I want to have a conversation with him. How was it going just to see how he, how he was holding up with all the uh, activities and all the wonder, and all the details and last-minute frantic details that need to be done in order to put on an event of that size. And I had an opportunity. Um, I didn't really know much about Seth's backstory. Um, so we had a really oppor- great opportunity to go deep into his backstory, and he has an incredible tale. And I'm not going to give you the details of this in the intro. That's why I'm going to keep this one tight. But suffice it to say, one of the biggest fears that you have within real estate is that you potentially can lose it all. Uh, Seth shares an incredible story of resilience, shares an incredible story of bouncing back. He shares an incredible story of just just you know, burning the boats, I think was the analogy he used. And you know what? Can't do it any justice in the opening of this. So gang, let's just get right after it. Please help me welcome to the podcast, Mr. Seth Ferguson. Seth Ferguson, how are you doing today, my friend? Wow, you're looking sharp. You got some high def camera action and brick wall going there. <laughs> it's like I have I have a little bit of a studio and camera and camera envy going on here, brother. Oh uh, yeah, you know it's just a 16 millimeter lens. It's it's not about the camera; it's about the lens. Yes. So the, the 16 millimeter makes me look good. Yeah, it's the glass in front of the camera. What what? So so if you don't mind me talking a little tech, what 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 uh, yeah. camera are you running that 16 mil through? Yeah, it's just a basic like Sony 6400. Yep. Um, and we use Cam Link to uh, put it into the laptop. And then we've got obviously like our lighting. I'm a little shiny right now, but uh, it's because I'm sweating. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like like we've just got the really basic setup. But the 16 millimeter, once we switch to that, um, you know, you get the nice bouquet effect in the background. Yeah. It is, it a, is it a Sigma 16 millimeter lens? 
It is. Yeah. It is. F1, the one and only. F, F1.4. Is it a 1.4 or 1.8? Uh, I'll, I can't see right now. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, that that be a little like above my pay grade. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I just was told which one to buy, yeah. and I bought it. So. Well, I honestly I shudder to think about all the time I've tried to spend getting this live YouTube podcasting, all this kind of setup done. If I would have just spent more time buying more multifamily properties and more real estate, I probably shudder how many more doors I would have at this time. <laughs> Uh, I don't it, like you can go down a rabbit hole with this kind of stuff because uh, there's always more gear you can buy. There's always like a different way to do things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and, and I'm still learning. Like we're, we're we're still learning and trying to figure this stuff out too. Well, and and I, I famous last words. If my wife is listening, she would she would uh, her eyes would be rolling. As my famous last words is, I'm done. I'm done. Set up. I I've got everything I need. Nothing else. I I don't need anything else. And then all of a sudden, Amazon comes to the door. Knock knock knock. Here's here's your next. Uh, Road Streamer X capture card with the XLR microphone in there. And I was just like, oh. anyways, uh, we're actually real estate yeah. investors from time to time too, aren't we, Seth? Yeah, once in a while, besides uh, podcasts, live streaming and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know you're a crazy busy man. Um, so first and foremost, um, how are you doing? You're like 30 days out from a, a giant conference that's upcoming. And and uh, and I know you mentioned you were running around and you were sweating a little bit, but uh, how are you feeling first and foremost? I'm stressed out. <laughs> this, is, this is typical conference season. So anything 45 days and less uh, gets pretty stressful. Like... Um, Literally, my schedule, Katie has me organized in 15-minute time blocks, and that starts first thing in the morning all the way into the into the evening. Uh, so every 15 minutes is accounted for. So I, I don't even... Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Well, I'm I'm blessed that we have some time for you and I to share here today. Yeah. And I do want to get into the conference uh, a little bit. I, I hope you have some... It's funny because I, I was in the conference business, not from the organizer, uh, part of the organizer, but mostly from the presenting and on stage and facilitation and teaching and all that kind of stuff. But I under, I know what it's like, honest to goodness. And, and um, yeah. it's I feel for you. I really do. I, and I'm excited for you, but I also feel for you. It's like the best analogy I use all the time is the follows. Is it's like, have, it's like planning a 3,000-person wedding um, while also writing your doctorate d- a dissertation paper and doing and applying for your PhD all at the same time. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. And funny enough, we're actually planning a wedding and a conference at the same time. So it's oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're yeah. a sucker for punishment. And and look at that. I'm going to just do a close-up there for a second. Look at you, and you still got all your hair follicles. You're looking yeah. sharp there, my I, brother. I, 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 <laughs> I do. It's just going gray. That's that's the only issue on the side. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, I do. I do want to be respectful of your time, and I do have a, a few things that I wanted to chat about. But um, you know, I've I, I we connected a few years ago when when you reached out, and um, I would remember down in the the basement with the Toronto Maple Leaf uh, um, uh, pictures yeah. on the wall, and you were running some high tech stuff. You're in 4K cameras, and you were just doing some very high <laughs> high high tech stuff there. Um, do you still do a lot of the, your videos and, and uh, those kind of things for people to check out? Yeah. So um, we actually, we ran the podcast for a long time. We ended up with like 400 and something episodes. Um, and then we put that on ice and recently we resurrected the podcast. Um, and uh, what happened like with COVID, you know, nobody was doing in-person stuff. 
Um, so we, we just recently switched to doing the podcast again and doing everything virtually. But I, I don't know about you, Russell, but like I find the energy, the connection, the conversation is way better. Like if we were face to face, it would this would have a totally different feel. So I don't think that can be replaced. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I, I would love to get back into the the sit down face to face kind of stuff. Uh, Post conference, we're definitely looking at that because uh, I enjoy it. Like I, I enjoy meeting somebody sitting down for like an hour, an hour and a half conversation. Um, I, I find you get more stuff that way. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. But that's certainly uh, on tap for the next you know six months or so. Yeah, no, I 100% agree, and I'm trying my best to yeah. to get out. And but here's the cool thing is I think we can supplement it really nice by doing something like we're doing right now. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love meeting the people and going out, but if I don't have to haul my, you know, backside out to an airport and jump on and go out and fly four hours across the country and stuff like that. So it just, you're just more efficient with your time. When you do go out to a conference, you plan like seven different sit downs and you bring, you bring a travel yeah. case of gear with you and it's fun. It's, it's, it's cool to do both. Really. It's cool to do both. Yeah, but plus doing the virtual yeah. thing, it gives you access to people who yep. otherwise would be accessible. Um, you know, you've interviewed some really cool people. Yep. I, I have too. Like, and those people to bring them out would be way too expensive yep. or even for you to go to them. Yeah. Um, plus, wonder- I, honestly, like, yeah, like I literally had a meeting and then ran, ran over here to do this and then I'll run back and have another meeting. So yep. it, it definitely works out. Yeah, and I, I you know, majority of my coaching calls and people I coach with, uh, honest to goodness, a couple of them are working up on the pipeline up north and they're on the oil fields and they take an hour yeah. out of their day off of work to come sit in their car for us to go and really dive deep into things. Like that would have never happened before without without this technology and stuff that we're doing now. Like, don't get me wrong, we could do telephone, yeah. but it, it, it does add one more layer to just see the person, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay, so, um, and I know, uh, like I said, we're going to be mindful of your time because you are running around. And I think I used the analogy before we got talking. You're you're busier in a one-arm framer hanging doors right now, right? So, so um, a little backstory about you, Seth. Um, I know you've probably been doing a thousand of these things and you're probably tired of telling your backstory. But is there a story that you haven't told uh, about kind of your ver- like you getting in getting into the business uh, of things, or maybe a story or a backstory that you haven't told that would be really relevant for people listening here today. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I do tell a lot of stories, um, <laughs> but I, I think that the one thing everybody uh, you know sees me and they think, oh, well, real estate was always in the picture. That that wasn't the case. Um, I was actually trying to make the NHL as a hockey referee. Uh, believe it or not. So I was down in the States uh, doing that full time, doing some professional and junior hockey down there. Um, and then I realized that, hey, what am I doing? Because I saw guys still following the dream into their early 30s uh, once their window had closed. So I didn't want to end up like those guys. Um, so I came back to Ontario, kept working in the OHL and um, a, a minor pro league uh, in the States. And uh, I got my real estate license because I thought selling real estate would work really well with my hockey schedule. I was wrong because <laughs> most people think real estate, uh, selling real estate is easy money. It's not. You're working evenings and weekends and 24-7 um, if you want to gain some traction. So, um, but yeah, so I, I transitioned from hockey uh, into selling real estate. And then from there, you know, I, I made a whole bunch of different mistakes. And then I ended up where I am now. So we can go into wow. all the different mistakes. 
you want. Like, uh, I, I'm happy to talk about anything. Well, for, wow, that's that's. For, I did not know that you were going down that path of chasing the dream. But here's the thing: is I, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm not surprised that you're you were on the path of being a high performer at a profession. Even like that's that that is tough to do. There's only a select. Like I don't know how many. Like how many you would probably know. How many NHL officials are there? Ballpark. Do you know offhand? Yeah, there's about 90 guys on staff. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was very fortunate to work with a lot of the guys there right now. Yeah. Um, because we're, we're in that age bracket where they got hired. And, um, yep. yeah, so it, it, it's it's pretty cool. But, yeah, like um, with hockey, it's a bit, especially officiating, uh, you have to be kind of crazy to do it. You have to feed uh, feed off the pressure, um, which, which I do. I'm one of those personalities. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun and it teaches you a lot of life skills. Like yeah. you're dealing with high, high emotion conflict. You have to be, uh, make snap decisions. Um, you have to stay calm under pressure. So basically everything it takes to run a conference, <laughs> you can learn uh, refereeing hockey. Wow. So do you, do you watch yeah. a hockey game at a different level when you watch it or can you actually enjoy watching a game or do you have your, 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 your officiating Jersey on in the, the backseat? Yeah, it's kind of like if you coached hockey at a yeah. high level, you would be watching the systems. Yeah. Uh, same thing with with officiating. Like you're watching, it's impossible for me to watch a game as a fan yeah. because I'm looking at it through a different lens. Um, yeah, it's just hockey is forever ruined uh, for me <laughs> watching it. But but it's it's cool. Though. Like now I flip on the TV, it's like oh, I, like I worked with this guy for like six years in the OHL. It, it, it's kind of cool yeah. uh, to to see. And then I got a. Uh, you know, Connor McDavid was playing for Erie. Uh, so he was amazing. Taylor Hall, Max Domi, like all, all these great players I, I got uh, I got to see on the ice firsthand. Yeah. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. I was very fortunate. Oh, awesome. I, I did not know that of you. Uh, well, and here's the, here's the thing, and I'm going to show my age a little bit here, but I can tell you, you admit you'd make a really good ref. You have the Carrie Fraser nice head yeah. of hair. It's just like the only thing missing is a, is a little bit of chin strap or some, some mutton side chops <laughs> right. on that sucker there. So, so uh, no, that's yeah. fantastic. I appreciate you, you sharing that. So, you you were chasing the dream. You were you know officiating, and and you probably came to the realization. I, I, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but you probably came to the realization that you weren't willing to do the work it took to probably get to the show, if you will. And and you were probably a peaceful acceptance of that. And then, but real estate maybe took over. So I'm not going to talk about your story. What was the what was the impetus for the transition from NHL referee to real estate for you? Yeah. And to be very like honest, um, the transition has never really ended. Um, you know, like I, I, my life dream would have been to make the highest level officiating. Like that is my passion. I would rather do that than anything else in the world. Um, and, and so I, I don't think it, the dream really ever ends. Um, but, uh, yeah, like basically what was happening was, uh, you know, my, my son was born. And uh, I decided to uh, retire from the OHL and major junior hockey. And uh, like my window had closed by then anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, there's a certain age bracket where, you know, you're on the radar when I was younger, you know, things were looking in the right direction. And then it wasn't. Yep. <laughs> so oh, it is what it is. But like, I still got to work, you know, national championships. Like, you know, even like last night I was refereeing the Allen Cup. Um, so that, that, that's, uh, that's here in Ontario this year. So I, I'm still at it on like a part-time basis. Yep. I'm doing it more to, uh, get some exercise oh, these days. Good for you. But, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, like what happened was I started selling real estate, got my broker's license. I started doing really well with it. I was making what most people would consider a lot of money. Um, but me being a young, uh, naive uh, guy at the time, I had a nice fancy car and I had a house with like waterfalls going into a pool. So basically all the commissions coming in were going out just as fast. And uh, I, I made some very dumb decisions in terms of money. Um, when, when I should have been house hacking and like acquiring real estate, I didn't really know anything. Like I never grew up with real estate investors in the family. I, I didn't know anything about that. Uh, so I, I kicked myself because, uh, you know, I wasted a lot of opportunity. Um, but, uh, but eventually one day I realized, Hey, listen, like I'm spending so much a month, like my car payments were ridiculous. And, uh, I'm like, I have nothing left over for all the money I'm, I'm earning. Um, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm selling this stuff on a daily basis. Like, I should just start acquiring some of these properties. And that's how I got into the single family um, home investing. I'm, you know, doing single family home, uh, duplex conversion, condo, like, like that kind of thing. Um, and, and that was the start of the investing journey. And I uh, basically started with no knowledge and I kind of learned as I went. Wow. When, when, was, when was that that you kind of dove in and put your toe into the, the acquisition side of things? Oh boy. Um, I don't know. I, I was like mid, mid twenties, mid, mid to late twenties. Yeah. I, I would say, I don't remember what my age was. Um, so like two, honest. two years ago, you're saying, right? Is that what you're saying? I'm almost 40. You're looking, you're looking good uh, though, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it, it was a while ago and, um, you know, it was myself and my partner at the time and, uh, we were acquiring, uh, uh, rental properties. And, you know, what I should have done, like, you know, you mentioned your coaching calls. What I should have done is gone out and found a coach who could actually show me the right way to do things. Uh, because I made a whole bunch of decisions that were the wrong decisions. Um, and I just didn't really know, right? Like I, I was reading books. Actually, I, I read one of your books, uh, you know, like real estate joint ventures. Um, but I, I just didn't know what I didn't know at the time. So I was kind of like a lot of people, like, like they get into it, and they just kind of stumble along. Um, but if I could go back in time, I would have found a coach like yourself and then just <laughs> learn from you because you have already like paved the way and I just had to replicate. And that's what I'm like, the more I'm into it, it's more like it's all systems and frameworks. And all you have to do is model work, like working proven systems and frameworks and then you too can be successful. Yeah. I didn't realize that at the time. Well, I'll tell um, you, so, uh, don't, don't, beat, yeah. don't beat yourself up too much though. You, you did what a lot of people um, don't do, you actually shot the puck, right? And and you you took action. Yeah. And yeah. you learned more by actually diving into the deep end and figuring it out than you ever would have reading a book or watching a YouTube video or listening to podcasts until the cows came home. So, uh, you know, I, I know we, sometimes we beat ourselves up over our mistakes, but sometimes those mistakes are the best things that we ever did. Oh yeah, 100%. I've learned and actually my mistakes, like I wouldn't be here today yeah. if I didn't the mistakes. You know, like what one of the you know what happened with the single family home portfolio was uh my partner at the time um you know the relationship broke up, um a lot of money disappeared from the bank accounts, um and the locks got changed on my house and uh mortgages started bouncing because all the money was gone. Like it turned into a really really bad situation. Um, and so basically that, that went away and I was left rebuilding from scratch. And, uh, I, I think one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of people and I, I've gone through it firsthand is 
when you have when you already have a bit of a nest egg, um, you think differently about your next move, right? Because you're always worried about losing the nest egg. Whereas, like for me, like when I down to I like literally zero, um, I had nothing left to lose. So I was like, well, why don't I just think ten times bigger? Because <laughs> like it's not going to hurt me at this point. And so that that gave me, I, I think, that the freedom and the permission to actually dream a lot bigger and set my sights higher. And if I didn't, if I hadn't have lost everything um, in in that situation, I, I don't think I would be doing the stuff I'm doing today. So you know, th- there's there's pros and cons. Like, sure, it was very expensive and it it hurt a lot, but um, you know, today I, I'm much stronger for it for sure. Holy, holy macaroni, hang on. For, first and foremost, man, you're bringing the fire here, Seth. It's like oh, yeah, when, when, when I, fire I comes. When, when fire comes, obviously bombs get dropped here. Um, that's awesome. Let's unpack that for a second because here's yeah. here's one of the biggest fears that a lot of people like I work with people I've worked with people for almost 25 years now in helping them and including myself. Um and lots of you know people investing in real estate one of the biggest fears that people have is losing potentially losing everything, right? And um we're now talking with somebody who here who who pro, like with all intents and purposes, you did lose everything. As, as I'm not, I'm not making it over dramatic of the words you just use, yeah. and and you've uh, I've committed to rebuild it bigger and better than it than it was. So, what advice do you give to people when when people sit there and they go, "Geez, I'm I'm a little fearful that I could potentially lose this all or lose it all." Like, what? How how would what what would be the best lessons you would give to somebody? Like, obviously, you don't want anybody to go through with as much pain as you went through, right? But To you, it probably happened for you, not to you, I would imagine. Yeah, like it was, um, it it was the worst time of my life, like 100%. Yeah. Uh, It it was absolutely the the worst time of my life. But I I think it, um, and while you're in it, it sucks a lot. But once you actually get through to the, the, the other side, you can look back and say, you know what? Like it sucked, but it didn't crush me. And I think that's where the power is, uh, because now, you know, I, I know I've gone through it once and survived. If I have to go through it again, I, I know what's coming this time. So, so it's almost easier. And, and there, there's lots of examples in real estate. Like, you know, Rod Cleef is a good example. Uh, he lost a lot of money um, in uh, 2008, lost his mansion. And now he has a better mansion looking across the lake at his old place. Uh, so, and, and there's so many stories of that in business where, you know, so, you know, wrong decisions, whatever it is, you hit that rock bottom, but then you use it to bounce up. Um, but I, I think for, for me, you know, I, I remember what happened. Um, so I, I was locked out of the house, like all the money was gone. It, it was, it was so bad. And, um, I, I cried for a couple of days and, and then the first thing, I, I decided to was, okay, well, what am I go Like, what's the, what's the one thing I have to do to actually like start figuring stuff out. Um, and, uh, the very first thing I did was started a real estate podcast. That was the, that was the first thing I did. Um, and, uh, and that was kind of the start of the rebuild. And it's, it's funny cause like the podcast turned into a TV show. Um, and that gave me the confidence to, uh, to start doing like YouTube, and then, you know, the podcast got me connected with a whole bunch of speakers. And then I had them speak at the first conference. And then I've been able to meet a lot of people and partner with them on cool, like multifamily projects. So like it all, like everything that's happened since started with that decision to start the podcast, because I knew I needed to do something. 
And the podcast just seemed to be like the right fit at the time. So, um, yeah. So like, you know, when you're down in the dumps, it's okay. like, so the, the way I approach it now, even, even now, like when we're encountering pretty sticky situations, it's like, okay, thinking long-term is too stressful because it's going to overwhelm you. So like, what's the, what's like step number one, like what's the very first thing I have to do. Um, and, and that's how I try and, um, you know, that's how I try and think about it. And, and it makes it a lot more focused rather than, you know, the whole stressful situation of everything's like falling apart. Yeah. Wow. So oh, thank you. First of all, thank you for sharing that. That's, um, I did not know that. Yeah. And, um, and it's oh, funny, yeah. <laughs> and, and and you know, here's here's the the romance of a lot of this kind of stuff, and I do want to unpack this a little bit more. And I'm not, I hope I'm not opening old wounds here in a second. But oh no 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 no, it's 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 all good. It's part of the therapy to talk. Yes, <laughs> well, it, all- it, that, you you hit the nail on the head. But here's here's the thing: is everybody thinks when all that happens and you know, the shit hits the fan and, and, and then all of a sudden the shit goes through the fan is <laughs> usually the worst part of it. And then all yeah. of a sudden you hit the bottom and then instantly you, you bounce back up. Uh, no, typically the way is that you hit the rock bottom and then you get dragged along the bottom for a long period of time and you get stuck and you get in your own head and you're beating the crap out of yourself and you're just, it's getting very dark up here and, and, uh, in, you know, you don't ever forgive yourself for mistakes that you made and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, so I, I understand your process was to, to step up and serve, meaning create a podcast, help others start talking about this moving forward. Did you did you talk a lot about it while you were in it, or now do you just talk about it now that you've kind of gotten through it? Yeah, I, I would say the latter. Yeah, um, it's once you're through it, it's easier to talk about. Yeah, it's um, easier to talk about it when from the wounds, not not when you're bleeding. <laughs> I mean, from the scars, yeah, but, not but, from the wounds, right? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I needed to uh, cauterize that wound um, just, just to survive. Um, But yeah, like like that was, that was really only like maybe four and a half years ago. So, you know, and and it's, it's interesting, you know, I'm somebody who always keeps looking forward because I always want to do better and better, but uh, you know, it it is like once in a while you have to stop and uh, smell the roses and kind of say, Hey, listen, like four and a half years ago, you literally, had nothing and life had fallen apart. And now, you know, fast forward, it didn't happen overnight, but, uh, but now that there's, I, I'm, I, I feel I'm living to more of my full potential because before with what I was doing, I always felt like I could do more. I had more in me, but I just didn't have a conduit with which to do it. So yeah. uh, now I've created that conduit. Did you, did you ever fall into the trap of, uh, you know, um, beating yourself up and, 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 and all yeah. that kind of, yeah. And second guessing yourself and your confidence took a hit. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm just trying to, I, I'm trying to understand this because, because here's the thing is that's, that's the, that's what I do when I, when I've, you know, created a big giant old pile of poo and, and I've made a mess yeah. and I've screwed up and it's just, I could tell horror stories and t- which I have, if anybody's listening to my podcast, you understand. But the biggest problem I have is I have a hard time forgiving myself of that. Um, what was the process you went through? I, I don't have a process because I still <laughs> suck at doing that. <laughs> I, I, I am the absolute worst. Um, I Like everybody's their own harshest critic. And I take that to the uh, nth degree. Um, and, and I think that's um, I think that's a characteristic because I got, you know, I, I've got a lot of friends who are very high performance people and they're all kind of the same. So I, I think that just comes with the territory of trying to do really cool things and, and demanding excellence of yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I think there has to be a healthier way to do it because 
the way I do it is probably not the best way. Well, I'm, I'm not sure about you, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so hard on myself. Well, yeah, and, and that's what high performers do. But I'll also give you some, some credit from the outside looking in. Of, and I don't have, know all the details, but I'm on the outside looking in. You, you could have had a choice when you're at that rock bottom being drug along in the rock bottom. You could have had a choice of to, to refer to, to booze and, you know, all that kind of stuff and completely recluse. But your choice was to serve and to dive back in again and go full, full steam. And is that how you kind of got your swag back a little bit at that time? Yeah, and, and I think it helped because I'd always had, a, a, well, once as I started acquiring single-family properties, and then I discovered multifamily. I was like, you know what? Like this makes a whole lot of sense, right? Because, uh, you know, I worked out, hey, what would it take to hit like a big real estate goal? And I'd have to own like a thousand houses. Uh, so I was like, there's no way. So I started looking for other opportunities. Uh, that was right when my son was born. So like, I blame him uh, because, you know, I'm holding this little baby for the first time. And then all of a sudden I wanted like do a whole lot more for, for my son. And, um, and then I discovered apartments and then everything fell apart. Uh, so I had that dream, that, that goal of, you know what, like, this is something I really want to do. So when, um, when I had the opportunity that like the great reset, when I had, had the opportunity to, to start focusing on, I, I think that was a big positive because I had that, that goal in mind. I had that, um, that desire to move into a space that I had always wanted to move into. Um, I, that, that's a really like long answer to the question, but, uh, yeah, like it certainly helped having some sort of. The goalpost kept moving and I didn't really know where it was, but like there was some sort of goalpost somewhere in the future. Yeah. yeah. Now, now here's the thing is, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the recipe of, of the comeback and stuff like that. Sometimes the recipe yeah. is honest to goodness is you have no options. You have no choice. And, and it's, and it's <laughs> yeah. day by day. And honestly, the same conversation I had with somebody the other day was looking at your baby in your arms and you're just going, holy shit. I have, yeah. I have a big giant responsibility here. You know, pardon my, I'm swearing here a little bit, but, uh, you know, time to time to stop effing around and get your shit together, right? And you just take one yeah. day at a time, really. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm a big, and, and again, like, this is like the, the extreme side of my personality. Yep. I, I'm a huge fan of Caesar burning the boats uh, when he landed uh, in uh, in Britannia. So, I, like, I, I, I everything I do... I have that burn the boats mentality because you're, you're never hundred percent committed unless like if you have an out. So with everything I do, there's no out. I, I, I cut the cord, I burn the boats and I force myself because I think a lot of it, you have to have the confidence that even though you don't know exactly how you're going to make it happen, you have to have the confidence that you will figure it out. Yeah. Like, I, like it's always going to be painful because you know, the pain comes from like expanding your mind and learning new skills and getting uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, like, like burning the boats and having no option, like yep. there is no substitute for that because that, that demands performance <laughs> because if you don't perform your toast. Wow. Uh, so like the conference is a perfect example. Yeah. Like there was no, boat. um, you know, middle of COVID start a conference, cut the cord, like burn the boats. Like I had, to, I had to make it happen or else I was toast. Um, and with, with the other stuff we're doing right now, like uh, we have big goals and uh, and we're hitting them because I I, I take that uh, that approach with things. Holy crap! But and and you know I, I don't want to I'm not I don't want to gloss over this because you know it, everybody it's quite 
pedent, uh, pedestrian ever said, oh, burn the boats. It's a cute meme. It's a fun story, stuff like that. Just imagine burning the boats when your confidence is in the gutter and you've just lost everything yeah. all at the same time. It's just like, like honest to goodness, um, I, I, you must have had some hard days getting out of bed in the morning with some of this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, not, not going to lie. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it, it was pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it was pretty shitty. Um, but, but but you have to think, like, you know, to use, like, a, a hockey analogy, it's like, you know, um, let's say you're you're the referee and then uh, you've got a bench-clearing brawl. You just got to deal with it. <laughs> so yeah. they're not going back to the bench, so you're stuck in it. <laughs> Might as well go along for the ride. Yeah, or or somebody, a coach down the hallway is yelling at you to t- you tell you to eat another donut or something, eh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry, sorry yeah. I, I was, old hockey guys might understand that reference. Or, right? Yeah, yeah. Who was that? Like, John Feld, was John Koharski. Yeah, with Don Koharski was the referee. And, and you know what? Funny. It was Sean Feld, wasn't it? Uh, the coach? Yeah, it, yeah. it was. Yeah. And um, funny enough, uh, uh, Koho, Don Koharski, took that to heart and actually lost some weight uh, because of that comment. So he turned that into a positive. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, okay, so I'm gonna before we talk about the conference, which uh, is you know the topic du jour, and and you're you're full on with that. Um, yeah. So where where are you? Like when we first when we chatted a couple of years ago, it would have been I think it was 2019. I think it was pre pre COVID, maybe it was 2018. Even yeah, it might have been one of those two years. You were doing a lot of stuff in the states. Are you still investing in the states? Are you still buying there? Where are you investing, and what are you recommending for people right now? Yeah, so so uh, for myself, like uh, I prefer the U.S. markets. Um, you know that that's where I, I feel there's a lot of growth growth potential. So um, with our current project, we're focusing on um, the southeastern U.S., the Sun Belt areas, predominantly Florida, and then uh, into Texas. Uh, that's our focus there. Uh, the the market drivers are so strong. Uh, the policy is uh, I feel advantageous um, in terms of you know, where things are going there versus other parts of the country. Um, so, so that's my focus. And so my, my goal is to help Canadians efficiently and profitably invest in U.S. multifamily real estate. Yeah. Uh, because there's, you know, you, you found this too, probably online. You know, when we look at, up uh, U.S. real estate investing, there's a lot of uh, content out there for Americans, which is great. But we have something called the CRA. And uh, CRA does not play well with uh, some things that Americans do. So we have to have uh, very different ways of doing things as Canadians investing in the U.S. Uh, so, you know, we're trying to make it the most efficient, easy, uh, easy way to do it um, while staying compliant. So you're not in a double taxation issue or or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and gang, um, you know, I, I don't advocate any one area. I advocate what makes the most amount of sense for you. And, and the people that I do talk to that are investing in the States, make sure you have good solid advice, good, solid people that yeah. are doing it. and But it is important that you you know the areas. It, it, and, and you touched on having places that have good economic drivers, good policy, and good population and population growth. And and right now, I fully endorse that whole area, almost like, um, you know, Texas, um, Nashville, Florida, that kind of that little horseshoe there as well. I have some friends that are investing in, in those areas, and they're doing very well, like very well, like uh, shocking some of the numbers that I'm seeing with that. Yeah, yeah. It, but don't get me wrong. Like I've got friends who are crushing it doing multifamily in Canada and yep. in other markets. It's just for, for me, based on my criteria and the portfolio I'm looking to build, that I felt that was the best fit for me. And yep. uh, 
there's there is a lot of interest in U.S. multifamily. Um, so I I think I I share those uh, sentiments with a lot of Canadians, and which is why we're we're doing what we're doing. Yep. And and do you do you still broker deals? Do you still represent people as a, as an agent, or have you or 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 has that kind of taken a backseat? No, uh, we we talked about burning the boats. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, selling real estate like that was uh, earning uh, a decent income uh, for me. Uh, but you know what? What we're doing now is a full-time gig. And so I had to cut the cord. And, uh, you know, it is very uncomfortable because now you have a payroll. Like with this conference, like no joke, we have people working full, like all year, full-time. You have like a whole team. There's like 20 people on the team. Yeah. Uh, so when you get into payroll situations, uh, it's uncomfortable, like cutting the cord, but you have to do it. Because like what I'm doing now would not happen if I wasn't full time and fully focused. Wow, and 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 no no joke here, um, Seth. You you probably have had one of the the longest marketing cycles I've ever seen on things. Like you're you're, and then that's good. That's a compliment. I'm not I'm not there, that any way shape or form. Most people sit there, go, oh, let's throw a conference together in the next month or six weeks out. You're you're planning these suckers out for for a year at minimum. Like your first one, you were you were promoting it when nobody was talking about conferences and you're promoting it, promoting it in the height of COVID and, and who, thank goodness you, the kind of the timing kind of aligned because your conference a year ago was kind of that coming out party for the real estate investment community to come together after the hibernation of COVID and everybody came together and we're all sitting there going, we're all walking up to each other, go, hi, I don't know how to say hello anymore. Do I hug? Do I, what do we do? Do we fist bump? Do we knuckles? What do we do? So, so I'm just giving you some huge props that you took a big chance and a big risk and you created something pretty, pretty special, my friend. Yeah, it was a big risk. And quite honestly, like it was, um, you know, the U S had opened up a lot sooner than we did here in Canada. And uh, we were about, you know, 45 days out, I think, when the uh, lockdown lifted. So it, it was really tight. I, I was uh, I was shitting bricks <laughs> behind the scenes uh, because, uh, yeah, like, you know, you've paid out all this money for this conference. And if the government might keep things shut down, it was going to be really, really bad. But, you know, like we figured it out. <laughs> we yeah. made it work. And, uh, and I think we created a, a really unique event and experience that, you know, we haven't really seen here in Canada and, uh, yeah, now we're just like 10xing it. So yeah, and, and just yeah. as a perspective, gang, and and we'll get into talking a little bit. I I I would like to follow up with you on a couple things. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about U.S. investing uh, when we have a little bit more yeah. no, more time, and it's not conference when you're when you're putting on a conference. And I'd also like to have a conf- a conversation with you post conference that you can then decompress and you can you know not be in, in in run 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 mode. You can actually you know reflect upon things and you can have a, a deeper conversation conversation with that. But but here's the thing, gig. the reality of the conference business is everybody sits there and looks, oh, look, 3,000 people in a room. Wow, he must be making so much money. Um, n- no, they're, they're typically break even at best, at best. <laughs> and not only that, everybody has their handout in advance. You have to put up all the money in advance before you ever have one ticket sale in, in advance. So so try that on for a business model for uh, for a little bit. Yeah, I, I would not. It is a very ugly uh, business model. Um, and if I knew, like, and this is like, I, I walked into this with my eyes shut because I never run events or conferences before. I just thought of the big crazy idea of running this conference. Yep. If I would have known, I probably would never have got into it um, because it is such an ugly model. And yeah, like, like 
even though we're bringing all these people in, yep. uh, the conference, the event does not make money. Yep. And uh, and then you've got like, you know, like you, you bring in all these top uh, top speakers, you have the best venue, all, all this kind of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It, it's an ugly, ugly business. But on the other side, on the other hand, I would say having a platform, whether it's a podcast, a TV show, YouTube channel, that platform is your value to the marketplace. So, you know, yeah, like, did I have the podcast? Yeah, do I have a, do I have a small growing YouTube channel? Yes, but I think the the conference has has developed into a very powerful platform for, for me and, and it makes me valuable in, in the marketplace yeah. and, and it certainly makes me a person who is known at least uh to to a decent amount of people so yeah. it it's worth the pain especially in the long run just thinking from a business perspective yeah but yeah it, it's no fun it's yeah. no fun it's truly um it, it chalk it up to ignorance is bliss at the beginning yeah. and knowing what you know now you might have second guess burning the boat at the same time but but here's the thing is on the other side no different than the story you shared earlier potentially losing everything on the other side in five ten years from now you might just say those that that risk that I took to put on those events and all that stress I did is was the best business decision I made. But you can't tell that when you're in it. You can only tell it when you're through it and you ten years down the road type of thing. Yeah. Well, you know what? I already know doing this is the best thing I've ever done in business. Yeah. yeah. I I already know. Yeah. Um. You know. You know. Like like the number of people who have approached me to you know buy into the con who want to like it's just like all the signs are there that I'm on to something like really special. Yep. Uh, so I know it's the best thing I've done. Nice. Um, well, it's just, you gotta, I, I got to deal with uh, with my better half being like, uh, you're crazy for running this again next year. <laughs> so, well, she, uh, well, are you next year going to commit again? Uh, I, I got to talk with the wife for well, future wife first. But uh, yeah, like like we, we've put so much effort and time, and we've built a community. Um, it, it only makes sense to do it. Um, and we've got some cool announcements coming out, uh, coming up at the conference nice. uh, for next. But uh, yeah, it's like you look at it, you take a big deep breath, and you're like, "Yeah, okay, let's do it again." Yeah, <laughs> so good. good. Well, well, we're gonna get to it in a second. But it's funny as you just said that I just shot a video this week. Um, I, I grew up in small town Saskatchewan, and we had well water. Like you honestly had to go pump. You had to go pump your oh, water. Okay, yeah. And and uh, the analogy I used in that video was, honestly, you have to really work really hard. You have to prime the pump. And, and once the pump starts flowing the water, you don't have to work as hard. But here's the thing is, as soon as you stop it, it, the water stops. And then the other challenge part is if you actually don't put a bucket on the end of it too, it's all, all that work for naught all at the same time too, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's and uh, you know, like Russell Brunson has, has a good example. So Arsenio Hall had a talk show, um, and like really well-known talk show, and uh, he he everybody called him. He knew everybody. Everybody would answer his calls. As soon as he stopped doing the talk show, uh, Mr. Hall was like, "Nobody's returning my calls anymore because his value to the marketplace had evaporated." Yep. Uh, so and and I think that's a really good lesson to anybody with a podcast or YouTube channel, whatever it is. Uh, some thought leadership platform, you have to keep your platform, yeah, um, or, or else you, you have no value anymore. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting thing to unpack. So I, I 100% agree. You have to keep your platform, but at the same time, I, I would believe 
while you're building out that platform and you are putting on those events, it'll quickly determine who is a relationship with you and who's a transaction with you. Like mm-hmm. you'll you'll very quickly, once you stop your event or stop your platform, the transactional people will just go on to the next place. But the relational relationship people will be the ones that where the biggest value will come long term for you at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I think you you absolutely nailed it. Um Though, like, you know, the, the nature of the beast in any type of business, you'll have your tra- transactional type of uh, relationships. Like you have to have a mix of both. And like, I, 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 I see it for what it is. Like I, I've got a great platform. People want to take take advantage of it for their own business. And I welcome that because that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, like, uh, and we've got big goals for it. Like um, in, uh, in four more years, we, we want to have 10,000 people at the event. So like we're, we're, we're really trying to make it North America's premier uh, real estate event. So it's already Canada's premier event. We, we want to go uh, North American with it. So so uh, you you said a little while ago, well, I still have to talk to my future wife about doing it again and you're already talking. <laughs> so you, well, it's, you're a visionary. You're a high performer. I already know that you're going to accomplish this. You you already, it's, it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be without its challenges and not going to be out with burning a bigger boat down the road. But uh, I, I 100% foresee you doing this, my friend, by, as an FYI. Now, yeah. here's the thing, um, and we'll, we'll talk about the conference here in one second, but uh, here's my take on conferences in general in many respects. I encourage people to go to these things. I encourage people all the time because think about this for a second. Somebody has taken a year of their life and millions, like we're not talking tens of thousands, we're talking millions of dollars in capital to put on an event that's going to attract 3,000 people of like mind to one place at one time. And all you have to do is buy a ticket or sponsorship package or a VIP uh, experience. And all you have to do is buy a ticket and you get to connect with all those people all at the same time. So why wouldn't somebody in, if you, especially if you're interested in real estate and interested in multifamily, why wouldn't you go to a conference like this? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I know what it takes to get somebody like Grant Cardone in the building. I know what it takes to get somebody like, uh, you know, Alex Rodriguez in the building. Like Alex has like 15,000 units in his real estate portfolio. Um, like what we're having, like, we have to worry about parking private jets. Like, like that, that's, that's an issue we are dealing with right now. Yeah. Uh, where to these jets, um, like j- just an hour of their time. And for a small, small, small fraction, like, you know, you look at the lineup we have, like we've got general page, like Western wealth, largest foreign multifamily investor into the U S like think of all the experience there and, and all the stories that like, and just for a fraction of the cost of like one hour of the time, like you have, you have exposure to all of that. Yeah. Um, and that's why like for myself, like I, I'm a big fan. Like I love, like I spend so much money on, you know, education and uh, you know, like masterminds and like courses. And, and like, even though I've got my course, like you've got your course, like I, I, I blow so much money. I shouldn't say blow, but I invest so much money in this stuff because I see so much value in it. Um, and, and, and I think that's like, that that's the only way you learn because like, I want to constantly uh, challenge the way I'm thinking about things. And there's no better way to do that than coming to a conference. Cause you're going to meet, there's always a bigger fish. Yeah. So if you like good example, we had a guy come to the conference last year. He thought he was done. In fact, like he thought he was set for life. 
And he comes to the conference and he realizes, hey, listen, like I haven't really done um, as much as these other people. So he's basically 3X his portfolio. He sent me an email a couple months ago. He's 3X his portfolio since coming to last year's conference because it, it changed how we thought about investing in his portfolio. So now he's benefited, his family's benefited, his children are definitely benefiting just from the change in mindset and how we looked at the landscape of real estate investing. So, you know, if you're somebody like if you're new, it's great because you're going to be able to see what other people are doing and it's going to open your eyes to the possibilities. It's kind of like when I first started, I didn't know what was possible. Now I do. That, that will open up your eyes. But if you're already experienced or going along the, the path, you're going to be meeting some much bigger fish and, and you're going to be able to learn from them and maybe adjust your course based on you know something you're seeing or 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 something you learn, a different a different way of doing things that you just don't know about because you're in your own little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Just even seeing the inspiration and knowing what's possible is worth the price of attendance right there. Now, now one last thing I'm going to say before we do, I'm going to show your website here in a second is gang, the best way to get value out of a conference like this is to, is to go there without an expectation that you're going to shark the room and get business and, and hand out flyers or paper the cars in the parking lot or all that kind of, Oh all that, boy, yeah, don't get me started on the people who fly the cars. Yeah. So, <laughs> so gang, don't do that, please, please. That's, that's just low. For, first and foremost, go to a conference like this with the intention of contributing. No different than Seth talked about when he was he needed to contribute by putting out a podcast and building out a platform. Contribute to others, connect with others, build lifelong relationships with others. That's where the biggest value will come from. This okay? Enough st- talking. We've we've been teasing all about this. You know, you've got and and whenever we're recording it, there's we're you'll be under thirty days, so under a month from doing this, you got really high. High quality materials, high quality website there, my friend. Um, Grant Cardone, Alex Rodriguez are coming as the guest. Do you have any fun stories that you that you're allowed to share with the with everybody about kind of the either the negotiations or, or part of that of bringing them to, to Toronto? Yeah, well, I, I think um, the the cool thing last year, like we had Kevin O'Leary on yeah. uh, at the conference, and he was excellent. Like he, he has this TV persona, and you know he's polarizing consummate professional like he was amazing his team was great to work with and so when we got in touch with grant um i was like like this was really cool for me um from like a personal standpoint um our conference was already on their radar uh for this year um so they had seen what we did last year because it's within their wheelhouse and uh you know when we're talking initially they're like oh yeah we know about your conference we want to we want to be a part of it so that, that was kind of validation and you know it's kind of cool because like we're we're small fish and uh, here's this big operation. And they're like, yeah, like we know about what you're doing. Wow. Uh, so, so that was neat. And, um, and like Grant's team has been exceptional to work with. Um, and, uh, you know, Grant is another polarizing figure, but like they've been nothing but very generous. And, um, you know, talk about events. Like they've run three events in one day. <laughs> like they filled Marlin Stadium. So like they've got events to a T and, um, and yeah, they've been very generous with um, with, with how they've operated. So can't say enough good stuff. 
Wow, that's crazy. Now, now, just gang, if you scroll down on the page, where first of all, the website, multifamilyconference.ca is where everybody goes yeah. to check it out. There's that handsome devil over here on the far right, Seth Ferguson, Janet LePage. I, good, I'm good friends with Dave Steele with Western Wealth Capital. Yeah. Amazing success story um, out here in Vancouver. And, and you know, th- their portfolio is, is crazy down in the States. Um, wonderful speakers, who's who of really what's going on out in the marketplace and, and uh, a very affordable investment to get into the, to the, to the packet, into the conference as well here, my friend. How are you doing for, for ticket sales at the moment? Uh, we are rocking and rolling. Yeah. Uh, VIP. Um, so basically, I've actually given up my, uh, my like friends and family VIP seats that I reserve because we basically ran out of VIP seats. Um, so like that is by far the most popular section. And we've got some really cool people in VIP. Like we've got people who are developing like 1600 acres uh, in VIP. Like we're like, there's some really cool people in the VIP spot and we've created it. Like last year, people really liked the networking. So we've got, you know, a private VIP dinner. We've got like a CN Tower networking party for the VIP. So we're, we're trying to make it uh, like the coolest experience, but also the most intimate so you can actually have those real conversations with people. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, like the, the most, the most common uh, comments we got last year were number one, the high quality of our speakers. And then number two was the, uh, was the quality of the attendee and the networking. I, mm. I, my phone blew up with people just telling me how, how much they enjoyed it. Nice. Well, well, first and foremost, gang, um, I'm going to be there. Um, I know that it might not matter to anybody, but I'm, I'm coming out and, <laughs> and uh, I, I actually am planning, I'm, I'm making a trip across the country, stopping in Edmonton on the way back, check out some projects, oh, doing cool. some speaking out there. Um, I'm light. I'm sorry to t- tell you, but I, you know, I'm not going to tell my wife, but I'm lining up some golf while I'm out there too. Hopefully, hopefully the end of May, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be some, the courses will be all open. When is when are the dates? And, um, uh, do you have anything that maybe we can offer to my to my listeners, and maybe maybe a little discount code or something like that, or or uh, you know maybe give somebody a little? There's no reason why you shouldn't come. A little bit, a little spiel here. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. So we, we definitely do have uh, something special for uh, your listeners, uh, which is great. Um, but but yeah, I, I think you know one of the one of the things with this conference is I wanted to make it accessible to both beginners, so people interested in getting into apartments. And then also seasoned operators and professionals. And uh, one of the ways we're introducing beginners to the conference this year is we're hosting a special workshop on the Friday. And it's just for beginners. And, and we're covering all the foundational, uh, like the core the core material that you need. So that way, when you're listening to Janet, Brad Sumrock, Grant Cardone on stage during the main conference, you actually can get more out of it because you'll have that foundation. So it's myself and a bunch of uh, my friends uh, ho- hosting the workshop on the Friday. Um, so that that's actually really popular and we're almost sold out because we have a capacity limit uh, based on the room size. Um, but uh, but yeah, so in terms of uh, a little something special, we do have a 10% off discount code on Elite and Platinum tickets. Um, so just use code uh, RUSTY, uh, R-U-S-T-Y, and uh, that'll save you uh, 10% off. Um, off your ticket price, but seriously, like hurry, uh, platinum, I think we're 80% sold out of platinum right now. VIP, we have a handful left and then elite. If you want to do the workshop, it's, um, we're nearing capacity. So everybody as events, Russell, you know, everybody waits until the last minute, but like last year we sold out for VIP and platinum and like this year we're basically there. Uh, so don't wait because 
we can't make more seats. It, it is a capacity issue. Yeah. Now, now I know, I know that ain't a pitch because it's reality. There is only so many yeah. seats in a building, <laughs> and I always get a yeah. joke of, uh, we've we freed up more seats for the virtual event that we're just about to have. Okay, yeah, okay I got it. Uh, marketing yeah, but, talk. But, and you yeah. know what? Spe- speaking to, yeah. speaking about virtual events, I'm a big believer that the real value is being there in person yep. because that's where the true connections happen. So we do not have a virtual ticket. Um, and we will not have a virtual ticket. I'm, I guess I'm like, I'm a young old school kind of guy. Um, but I've always felt like the benefit is showing up in the room. Um, so that is, that is our model. Like yep. you're showing up in the room. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, gang, I, I strongly encourage you to check out that event. It, it just put it this way. There are so many reasons to, and honest to goodness, there should be no reasons not to like, I really, if you just, if you're in the business, if you're a real estate investor and you want to, to get in front, in, in in the same room, you buy a seat at the table. Um, this is one of the easiest ways you can do it, to be brutally honest. Um, Seth, do you have five minutes? Can I ask you one one final question before we sign off? Or yeah, do you have to run? Because you're you got the 15 minute time blocks. I just want to make sure I'm not be I I'm not sure I'm stepping on anybody's toes there because I don't want your team to be uh, yelling at me. No, I you know what? We uh she left a 15 minute buffer, so I'm good for another okay. 15. Okay. Woo. Well, I, I won't take all of it. Um, uh, usually yeah. one of the last questions I always like to leave off with is it's a little bit of inspiration for people. And you've told an, a, a wonderful story of literally losing it all, hitting rock bottom, being drug along the bottom of, of rock bottom, and then building it up to, to something that's so inspiring and incredible within four and a half years, under five years. That's amazing. So if somebody's sitting here and they're listening to this or they're watching this and they're feeling stuck, maybe they're just not sure next steps or they're not sure what to do and they're not sure about those next steps, what would be some of Seth's wisdom to share with somebody that's just feeling a little stuck right now? Yeah, um, I'm going to share something I should have done like 15 years ago and I didn't. And I think it, I, I, I swear it cost me 10 years. Um, what I failed to do uh, when I first started investing was I didn't think about how, the life I wanted to build and what I wanted my life to look like 10 years into the future. Uh, like I, I use the roadmap analogy. Like if you're driving from Florida to Seattle, you need a map to get there. If you don't have a map, you have no idea. Like you'll end up in Vegas and then you'll just end up partying. Yep. The same thing happens with real estate. Like a good example. Um, there, there's a guy, um, his, his life goal is to run his real estate portfolio from a pub in Ireland because he loves drinking Guinness. So every single decision he makes will have that in mind. So how he runs his management, how he organizes things, like his staffing, everything is geared towards running his portfolio from a pub in Ireland. Um, if you don't have that vision, if you're kind of stuck, like what I found is whenever I feel stuck and I'm like, I'm, I don't know what to do, it's because my, my vision isn't clear enough. Like where I'm heading isn't clear. So if you're feeling stuck right now, Take some time. Like it doesn't happen in a day. Like you have to, like I have a whole exercise I run people through and it takes, you know, a week or two to actually do it the right way. Um, but you really have to think about everything you want, you want to, uh, to, to have your life look like, you know, what, what it feels like, what you're doing, what's important to you, who you're hanging out with. And once you figure that out, it's a lot easier to dial in and be like, okay, well, now I can work backwards and, and it's just math at that point. And then you can break down specific actions. And then step one becomes a whole lot clearer 
once you know exactly where you're going. Oh, wow. Fantastic, brother. So, so gang, once again, um, the, you know, the country's largest real estate conference is coming up, multifamily, if you're interested. And I guarantee a fire is going to be dropped. There's going to be lots of fire and lots of bombs being dropped there, my friend. So... Oh. Yeah, we, we got we, we got extra fire on the stage last uh, this year because my son said we didn't have enough last year. Okay. So we, we added some, uh, extra fire. So, <laughs> so. You, you hired uh, Kiss Kiss the band Kiss's pyrotechnic team to, to to light it all up, eh? Right. That's right. I'll have the tongue out and everything. No makeup though, right? Or you're gonna have full full no, makeup. No makeup. Okay, good. <laughs> well, Seth, uh, um, honored. And thank you for your gracious hour that you were able to share here. I know how super crazy busy you are. And for you to share this hour is, um, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm honored and I'm just very grateful. So I'm grateful for you yeah. and also grateful for your time. Okay. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah. Okay, gang, make sure you get a ticket. It's multi multifamilyconference.ca and use the coupon code RUSTY, R-U-S-T-Y, and you can get 10% off. So you can thank me later. If you see me at the event and we're walking around and you heard it on this podcast, come up and let's have a coffee together. Love to, love to check and I'd love to see you out there. All right, gang. Bye for now. So, what did you think, gang? Uh, you know, as I was reviewing this and reviewing my notes, uh, and you know, and and we were up against a, a deadline. We were up against some uh, some time constraints. Like literally, Seth was truly his his calendar is in fifteen minute increments right now for me to sit down and have a. I think we had fifty five minutes or fifty seven minutes. I squeezed out as much as I could. Um, the one regret I have a little bit about uh, of this episode, and don't get me wrong, I, I love every episode. I think every episode is, is meaningful. Every episode has a great intention. I put a lot of time and effort into making it sound fantastic, but mostly great effort to get the story, to really get the lesson and get the story behind the story. The one thing I wish I would have done, and maybe this is going to be a follow-up, I'm making a follow-up note, mental note to myself, is that I, I wanted to dive deeper into the story. I wanted to dive deeper into the story about how he potentially lost it all. Um, I wanted to get into a little bit more of the nuances of the emotions behind it. Now, don't get me wrong, we, we went deep, we really did, but... It truly is when when I have conversations with people all the time, and you may be sitting back and listening to this, and you might be sitting there go, "Yeah, you're one hundred percent spot on, Russ." Is that one of the biggest fears that real estate investors have when they jump into this game of real estate? Is the fear of losing it all? What would we do if we lost it all? And that's what this story that Seth told here was a wonderful tale of literally losing it all coming home and the doors were being locked all the money was gone in in crying in tears and within four and a half to five years building up his next business venture into what is happening now and we shared a lot of the details about his conference that he's putting on so if you're interested in attending this conference there will be in the show notes below there will be a link 
for you to to dive into. It's at multifamilyconference.ca. And uh, Seth was gracious enough to give everyone a 10% um, discount code. So if you're interested in coming to that event, uh, make sure you use the coupon code RUSTY, R-U-S-T-Y, and you can get 10% off your ticket price. And gang, I'm just putting together my calendar and putting together um, my travel schedule, and I'm just putting together some speaking opportunities, and I'm just putting all that materials together right now. And I'm planning to come together either between Toronto and Edmonton, probably being out between, you know, seven to 10 days. And I think we're lining up a, a dinner and lining up some really cool things, but I'm definitely going to be at this conference. So if you are at the multifamily conference upcoming at the end of May, that's May 26th to the 28th in downtown Toronto. If you are going to be out there, make sure you come by, find me, say hi, let's have a, let's have a coffee, maybe do a quick selfie or something. And then we'll just go from there. All right, gang, make sure in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.